Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and cool, step right up. Behind this curtain lies a ghastly concoction of delight, horror, fantasy, and terror. Your every wish is our command. Your every whimsical desire brought to life. But I'm warning you, there's always a price. Welcome to the greatest of And welcome back. It is Wednesday night. It's the midday hump week blues, and we got you covered. It's Talking Terror. Once again, we're back live with an all-new episode covering the William F. Claxton film from 1972, Night of the Lapis, which is the Golgi Keats pick for tonight because it is Easter this Sunday for those of you that celebrate. So why not celebrate it with a bunch of giant killer bunnies? As always, I'm your old pal, the King of Horror, Andy G, welcoming you back uh, once again. And as always, I'm joined by the bull, the beautiful, the gold geek, Keith. Hump Dave, what is up, everybody? How are you doing? Yes, indeed. I am good. Easter's around the corner. I'm slowly coming back to, to being a normal normal ghoul. My, uh, my leg is healing well. I'm feeling better, guys. Feeling happy on this uh, Easter edition of Talking Terror. Mm-hmm. Indeed, 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 well, indeed. Things are things are hopping. That's that's how they do it. Things are hopping, which is always good. Things are weeping, they're hopping, they're bouncing every which way. Uh, we are also joined, fresh out of his cage. He's run out of tapioca. Hopefully, he's not so fucking echoey this week. The Mad Monkey. <laughs> Hello, all you beautiful people out there in Radio Land. Wonderful Fright fans, this is your horror host, the Mad Monkey, broadcasting to you live from the Drunken Monkey Rehabilitation Clinic. Let's see how this goes, because I'm on a backup phone, I got no regular phone, I got no internet. Let's see how this shit goes. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what you got, though. You got no echo this week, which is a good thing. Yes. It's not home of the Echo, where Mad Monkey is now. So that is good. He's got his weed phone, ready to make some orders, make some purchases. He's good to go. He's got his weed <laughs> phone. Got my weed phone. phone. My non-traceable weed phone. Because I got home, I was going to set up for Google Voice. Found out I have got no internet either. So I had to run out and, like the king suggested, buy, buy a throwaway phone so I could at least call and be a part of the show tonight. <laughs> Did it cost you $100 hey, man, yeah. last night? No, it cost, crazy, dude, you know, it, it, it cost me $60. It cost me $60, and I, li- <laughs> I, I literally <laughs> finished setting it up as soon as I called in to, to you guys right before the show. I got home yeah. ticket, 8, 8.45, set it up, called in. <laughs> I mean, that's good. I'm glad that you have that. I know last night you were like, well, I can't get one of those, King, because they cost like hundreds of dollars. The fuck, what year are you in? Yeah, man, <laughs> Fucking, you're the burner phone. What do you think drug users? What do you think drug dealers use, bro? I mean, come on, man. Get with the times. <laughs> he doesn't make that kind of money. He no, no. <laughs> I, but I still, I still got my beeper. <laughs> <laughs> Hit me up. I'll go down on the phone down the block. I got you. <laughs> well, we're glad that there's no echo. <laughs> and we're glad that you're back. So we're also joined by the doctor. He is in. Hello, Dave. 
hello. Hey, dog. Welcome back. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy to be here on yet another episode of Talking Terror. So good to have you back. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. And how very kind. You're welcome. Thank you. You're 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 too kind. Hey. Too kind. Far too kind. I hear. Uh, it sounds like I'm, the the ghoul is still being Doctor Doolittle with a bunch of chickens in the background. <laughs> yes. Listen, my chickens are still here. I'm not going to turn any lights out so they won't go quack quack quacking all over the place like they did last time. Keep on fucking go. that chicken. <laughs> yes. Yes. Don't you like chicken? Yeah. Hey, dog. Did you see the size of that chicken? <laughs> oh, y'all chicken fuckers. Tiny fuck the stump. Tiny can't even ride a bicycle. This is just the ghoul trying to get the, get a start on his chicken franchise. That's all. <laughs> he, he's gonna have a chain yeah, of restaurants in, right. in a year. Uh, yo, I'm, ta- I'm <laughs> tapping into the deep. Deep end of my heritage, motherfuckers. <laughs> the deep, deep DMC. end? The, the, the diabetes end? <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> diabetes. Some of that ghoul fried chicken. Mm-hmm. Can, I get some, can, I get, can I get some barbecue sauce with that? Fuck no, we only serve ghoul glad with all of our chicken. <laughs> Damn right, man. That's what we cook. That's that a shit. <laughs> we don't use MSG. We just use all of this. It's a real secret mm-hmm. sauce. It's magic. <laughs> okay. All right, so, Doc, glad that you're here. As always, uh, we want to kick it off with some horror news. So do you have anything prepared for us? There are just so many things to talk about this week. I don't even know where to begin. It's a tough one. So, uh, so a couple of things Try. that are... Uh, sort of, sort of related to each other. So, uh, Steve Dash, who played Jason Voorhees in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, uh, passed away last December. Apparently, coming to the Slash and Cast YouTube channel uh, on April 26th at 8 p.m., uh, there's going to be a documentary about the life of Steve Dash, uh, called Steve Dash, uh, Husband, Father grandfather a memorial documentary uh and it will include interviews with fellow jasons including kane hodder and cj graham so if uh the the dramatic interpretation of jason Voorhees, as presented by steve dash was of your liking uh this might be an interesting documentary for you to watch uh, but this is related to some other things, because on this show previously, I know that I've talked about some other documentaries uh, that have taken place inside the world of Friday the 13th. And one specifically that I remember talking about, but never kind of pursued it or saw it, was one that was specifically uh, going to be about Friday the 13th, part three. Uh, Ooh, that's it turns out that the Friday the 13th, Memorial documentary uh, did debut for free back in January of 2018 um, on the Friday the 13th uh, neutral or something uh, YouTube channel. 
and you can see that documentary for free. So if Friday the 13th was your favorite entry into the world of Friday the 13th, you might want to check that out. Now, this also led me to finding out about something else that I had no idea about whatsoever, and maybe some of you have heard about this. Uh, we have talked at length recently on the show about several different coffee table books. And one of those coffee, not one that we've talked about, but one of my all-time favorite coffee table books in Ghoul, I believe you have this also, is uh, Crystal Lake Memories, The Complete History of Friday the 13th. You know which book I am referring to. Yeah. Fuck yeah. That is an mm-hmm. awesome book. So, uh, Monkey or King, do you guys have that book? I had it at one point. I don't have it anymore. I actually sold it. Why would you not have it anymore? I sold it. You sold it? Yeah. What's the matter with you? Anyway, hey, I was uh, on hard times, all right. I had a hard, rough patch for a while, so I had to sell some of my horror memorabilia, and that was one of them. I got along, with his, anyway, along with his body. Yeah, I a had to sell my body for a while, too. So anyway, a wonderful book, but apparently there is a Crystal Lake Memories Complete History of Friday the 13th documentary on the horror vault on youtube that runs a staggering five hours and 30 minutes long you've never watched it bro it was on amazon prime for a while and yeah I no would go to i've, sleep I've, to I've it. never seen that yeah i don't yeah, even, I didn't even know that it, it existed <laughs> i didn't even know it existed so um anyway uh if that is your uh cup of tea uh, that is out there to see as well. You learn something every day. Apparently, I was not in the loop on the complete history Friday the 13th documentary, but at five hours and 30 minutes, it looks like a staggering watch, and I will be looking forward to checking it out in the near future. I have it on blue. It's a lot of fun. Great documentary. Yep. Okay. So continuing on. So... Uh, why don't we keep with the Friday the 13th news since we still have other stuff that has happened in that. Oh, so, so. cool. Please tell us your Friday the 13th news, Ghoul. Go ahead. It's not my Come Friday the 13th news. It's just Friday the 13th news, which is there is basically no Friday the 13th news except for the fact that there won't be a Friday the 13th anytime soon. Oh, uh, because... those guys fucking suck. <laughs> Yes, they do. Apparently, uh, what's his name? Cunningham has gotten some kind of appeal put through or some shit. So we'll be waiting even longer now. So just when you thought a deal might go down, you got confirmed. Seriously, Cunningham, go screw. Miller, go screw. Your appeal is going to take multiple years. None of you guys, I hope you have revenue streams because none of you guys will be making any money on this. And your lawyers said that you were at the bargaining table. You really, really, in 2019, uh, we're going to nitpick the tiny details. Uh, we can't come to some kind of agreement that makes everybody happy. Uh, this is so annoying, uh, this saga that we've been covering on the show. Uh, I had a glimmer of excitement. Uh, I don't even know why, because who knows what will come of Friday the 13th and what direction this series will go if the uh, shackles are unchained. Uh, but that they can't just get this shit together is just fucking silly. And look, I have no idea if they can still negotiate while this appeal is on, and maybe, you know, in a month there'll be happy news, but this is just fucking silly, man. Seriously, guys, get your shit together. So what happened? Because I thought everything was supposed to be in talks for finalizing everything that was going on. So as I understand it, uh, Sean Cunningham had withdrew his appeal 
over right. and and if you guys if I'm incorrect on the details correct me king but uh Cunningham had uh withdrawn his appeal because apparently they about the decision to rule in Miller's favor apparently they were going to maybe come to some kind of negotiation but there was only till a window open of that w- appeal withdrawal I think until April 12th and if an agreement was not reached by April 12th then the appeal the appeal officially went back into effect in the courts. Is that, am I correct there, King? You are correct. Uh, Cunningham and Hart Inc. had until April 12th uh, for this reinstatement of the appeal, whether or not they were going to reinstate it or not. Uh, they had until April 12th. They were thinking that they were going to reach a deal. They were going to come to an agreement to Miller and Sean Cunningham. Uh, they did not by the time April 12th rolled around. So the appeal got reinstated. Uh, so it looks like it's going to be another couple months uh, at the bargaining table before any kind of final deal uh, gets reached. Um, Larry Zerner, who played Shelley in Friday 13 Part 3, since we talked about that documentary, uh, he's a lawyer now, and he basically broke it down, saying that this doesn't mean that it's finalized. It just means that they are still going back to the drawing board, seeing what deals need to be worked out. It could take up to another couple months before something uh, is hashed out finally and everything gets settled. But then again, it's been 10 years since we've seen Jason on screen. So it could be another 10 years before we see another Friday 13 film. Man, uh, has it really been that long? 2009 yes. was the remake. Man. Yeah. So, 10 long years. So, yeah, like uh, the ghoul, like the doc had said, just get over yourselves, kids, and go to the bargaining table, work something out, and let's get moving. Let's make some pictures. You know, now is not the time to be children. We're wasting valuable time. Yeah, because right now the only thing we're getting are fan films now. <laughs> Speaking of which, apparently, apparently on YouTube, there's a 30-minute fan film that's a... I haven't watched it, but I saw the link for it, and I read about it. Apparently, this fan film that's like a Jason versus Michael Myers 30-minute fan yeah. film is supposed, to be, is supposed to be pretty good. I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard good things about <laughs> well, it. I would put uh, good in quotation marks. Well, it's I mean, we're, look, we're, talking, we're talking about a fan film here. Um, but there's been but some good fan as, films with Jason. As far this as one, fan films are concerned, I, I just heard particularly good things about that one. Yeah, I haven't seen a good uh, Michael Myers fan film, but I've seen a lot of good Jason ones. I feel like Jason's easier to do in terms of fan films. I feel like you got a guy in a hockey mask, you have some victims, it's pretty easy. Michael, for some reason, they just can't get right. Like I've seen so many fan films of Halloween, and they just never get it right. I don't know well, why. Well, the people that make the people that make Halloween films can never hardly ever get it right. So, do you think the fans are going to do any better? <laughs> <laughs> Not like Friday the Thirteenth is a shining beacon either. I mean, there's some pretty low points Friday the Thirteenth. But either way, you figure you could do better than the studio. Do better. Yeah, that's pretty bad. That was a low point. <laughs> I think you know again being that. There's so many Friday the 13th and then so many Halloweens. I wonder which of the two franchises do have the, uh, the worst sets of films in them. I mean, me personally, I'm going to have to say I think Friday the 13th are better, but I'm a Friday the 13th fan, so I kind of see. I, I, would, I would agree with that. I would agree with that completely. Now, it's strange because I feel that the, some of the films in the Halloween series that I like, I love – you know, maybe more than some of the Friday the 13th films that I love. But I think from first film to final film, as far as quality, I think Friday the 13th definitely has the upper hand 
uh, in that department as far as as far as uh, you know whether you want to call it quality or enjoyment level or or whatnot. Yeah, I mean, but also Friday has always been able to get the bankroll too to fund the movies. Well, because they were owned by Paramount at one time, so Paramount was willing to throw money at it until a certain point. So they did have a bankroll, but not a huge bankroll. I mean, they didn't have millions of dollars. I mean, it's, Paramount was just kind of toying with it because it was making money. So you saw what and, happened after Jason takes Manhattan. Paramount was done. But <laughs> right. Right. Jason, yeah. Halloween had a cod. Had a what? They, they did. Yeah, he they did. Yeah. Cod, rest, rest his rest his rest his soul. So anyway, like I think that part of that though is, you know, even Jason takes Manhattan, and look, we can sit here and debate the quality of that film, even though it does have one of the best kills. Uh, But uh, you know, that movie came out in 1989. You know, and speaking from personal experience, when that came out, uh, as as absurd it is to watch that movie now, like when I saw it when I was 13, like I was still. Uh, at an age where I was engrossed in the story of Jason uh, right. to the point where, like, I have been following the story. And like, I don't mean that I'm a believer, like, oh, Jason is real. But, like, like I was still, like, I was, the story was still telling <laughs> real to me. Like, I hadn't, I, hadn't yet reached an, <laughs> I hadn't yet reached an age, you know, where I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. You know, like, I can watch it now and be like, oh, I love this because of seeing it, but I can look at it and say I'm stupid, but it, at 13, it, depending on when in the year that that movie came out, oh, it came out in July, so I was 12, uh, you know, when that movie came out, uh, so I still had that sense of, uh, you know, child eyes watching it as a scary Jason movie, not going, oh, look at this film quality, and story is lacking, and there's story holes, and it's stupid, uh, you know, it, uh, alternatively, you know, by the time, because I do, I am a fan of Halloween 4 and 5, which was in that same window. Uh, by the time Halloween 6 rolled around, I was fucking 20. And I'm looking at yeah. that shit, and I'm like, this movie is, or 19. I'm like, this movie is fucking garbage, you know? And King, <laughs> I'm not trying to get into the debate with you, because I know you're a fan of that film. But, like, yeah. it, watching that movie, the return of Michael Myers story uh, on the, in, in cinema, uh, you know, from where I left off with Halloween 5 when I was 12 or 13... So now watching The Curse of Michael Myers when I was 19 or 20, uh, completely different story. Being able to see that movie the, for the first time and not be engrossed by the story and just be like, I'm watching this horrible movie. Uh, so, well, I, you know, so I mean, I, the ma- majority of the Friday the 13th movies still I saw at a time when, like, I can look at, like, Halloween Part 7 and, you know, be sold by the fucking telekinesis, you know? Uh, where if I saw that movie for the first time when I was 20, I'd be like, what the fuck am I watching right now? That's the good one. Yeah. I can't, I can't disagree with that, except for the fact that being that I, I was fully engrossed into the Friday the 13th series, but, you know, as we've gone over a billion times on the show, I got the wonderful luxury of seeing Jason Takes Manhattan in the movie theaters after stumping with all the with all the other kids and all of their parents to have to sign permission slips for them to take us at camp to an R-rated movie, which we then went and saw awesome. at the movie theaters that the South Amboy awesome. Theater that's closed now. Yeah, fantastic. Hell yeah. Except for the fact that we went to go see that movie and it was fucking atrocious. Like, talk about a disappointment. The first Friday the Thirteenth I ever get to see in the movie theater and that's the one and it was so bad i don't know i don't know if it was being that i was a new yorker 
or if it was just that it was a, my first Friday the 13th in the movie theaters or what, but I just had such high expectations for Jason to Manhattan. <laughs> for that to be the movie that got delivered was just, it was crushing. And that same fucking year is the year that I saw, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 5, The Dream Child, in theaters Ooh. as well. So it was just fucking disappointment after disappointment. <laughs> the best <laughs> movie I saw that year. entire year in theater was Lockup. <laughs> Fantastic yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you did you did you say did you say lock up? Yes, yes. Bills on Leone. Yeah. So. Over <laughs> I think what the doc said has credence because I think when you see some of these movies with a childlike wonder, uh, they're more entertaining than when you see them as an adult. I was 11 when I snuck into the theater to see Halloween Part 6. So when I saw that movie, I'm like, whoa, I'm seeing Michael Myers on a big screen. And he's fucking <laughs> killing people. And this is fucking crazy. And there's Dr. Loomis. So watching at 11 compared to maybe if I was in my mid-20s when I'd seen a whole bunch of other horror movies, I don't know if I would be as impressed with that entry as I was when I was 11. So it's a, a good thing when you think about that. Movies that you watch as a kid and you watch them now and you're like, well, this movie isn't that great. <laughs> what was I thinking? I was just trying to get my spot. That's my spot. That is your spot. That's what I was going for, you know what I mean? That's, yeah. that's that prime age where when you're going on dates with, like, chicks to the fucking theater, uh, especially back in this time, you know, you, you really thought that there was a chance that, you know, every girl that you date, well, again, I guess this is my opinion, um... <laughs> I just always thought that every girl was, you know, had an inner whore inside of her. So eventually, I was going to take one to the movie theaters and just fuck her there. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, man, but when we would go to the horror movies back in the day, like when we were teenagers dating, man, we did some fucking raunchy fucking shit in the movie theaters. We didn't give a fuck who was beside us, you know. <laughs> and you and you see and you see kids now in movie theaters, and they don't do they're not doing anything like we used to do. <laughs> Uh, that's, the, that's the change in audience effects. Now, audiences are just different nowadays, man. Yeah. Everybody's so afraid of fucking offending everybody or getting yelled at, or if you make a peep in the movie theater and it's inappropriate, or or somebody just doesn't like it, it turns into a fucking nightmare. Um, but yeah, I you see that world seeing Alan Quartermain in the Lost City of Gold when I was ten. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> And finger bang, two girls watching Free Willy for like the fourth or fifth time. At the I same time. Something that, night. that that movie was so good to you, wasn't it, Ghoul? You have so many fond memories of Free Willy. Was first initials first initials one was M and one was D? Uh let me see. That would be D and N. D and N. D and N, one of which was a girlfriend of a certain high-pitched worker at Roy Rogers. Oh, wait, 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 wait. All right, wait, let me, let me, so last name, first name N, last name started with an N. Yes. And then and I was the dating, other one was, was a D. With an F. With an, with an S. F, F. F, F as in, F as in finger bang. 
Yes, yes. So D F and N D F and N M. Finger bang bang. I was busy. You have some respect. The goes in the middle of an anecdote. Busy making it with the D F while fingering the N M. And they were not aware. Oh, I don't think N M gave a shit, and I don't think D F knew. Got it. I totally remember that. Even though D F was her best friend in the world. Yeah, I, I totally remember that that story, and I know exactly who who all the principal players are in this in this in this situation. <laughs> this has been Red Shoe Diaries with the Ghoul. <laughs> so so went my life, man. <laughs> the Free Willy journals of how the six times he didn't go see Free Willy. <laughs> the autobiography of Ghoul. <laughs> free fucking Willy. Free free my Willy. <laughs> Please, Ghouls have a poster in this fucking place. A free will. He's like, yep, good times. <laughs> that was Battletoads. <laughs> well, yeah. We all know that's Battletoads. That should be a free Never poster. played it, but had the poster. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he did. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, Doc, what else do you have for us? Uh, so, I think the next thing we should talk about, so much news with this thing today. So, uh, we have talked about uh, how uh, in production for the DC streaming service is the upcoming Swamp Thing uh, television series that will be starring uh, Virginia Madsen, uh, Will Patton, Adrian Barbeau making her return to the swamp. Uh, so out of nowhere, uh, that, was, that, that show for the DC streaming service uh, was slated for 13 episodes Apparently, they pumped $87 million into this thing with being filmed what? in... What? Uh, yeah, uh, being filmed in North Carolina. Today, out of nowhere, with no warning to the entire production, uh, the DC uh, production company has completely shut down the production. They have cut the show from 13 episodes to 10 episodes, oh. and the writers are now frantically rewriting to do some final research to give reshoots to give it uh, finality, completely blindsiding, blind, blindsiding the cast and crew. Uh, and also uh, this apparently, and not just this, but other factors, uh, this uh, – might and not because of Swamp Thing, but because of many factors, the DC streaming service might not even be having that much of a future uh, moving forward. Uh, oh, wow. In addition, and to- nobody wants to buy it. Mm-hmm. And, and so yeah. it begins. The, the fall of the streaming services begins with <laughs> yep. DC. So, in addition, in addition to that, um, go back once the shadows that you came. <laughs> Sorry, what were you saying, Doc? <laughs> no, I was saying that the 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 show is still slated to debut on that service later this year, and they even uh, after all of this bad news, they did put out their first uh, teaser trailer uh, for um, the Swamp Thing TV show as well. Okay. Again, so, so well, much news surrounding this this show. Uh, you know, uh, an image of the Swamp Thing, who is being played in this series by Derek Mears, um, who did choke me out at NJ Horicon last year. Um, oh, dude, that's you know, a shame, is, too, man, because Derek is such a nice fucking guy, he is. man. Yep. One of the best. Yeah, one of the nicest. But that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, that's because what did you say the budget was? $89 million? 
I think they said that they had put $87 million into the production. Jesus. You know, of I mean, a swamping uh, television show? That's insane, dude. That can't be right. real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm researching that's, right now, man, but but I'm going by what I was Come on, man. That's the that's the budget today. of like a big budget movie, man. Yeah. I mean, well, a medium episodes? budget movie. Even, even then, man, an untested series that they don't know what's going to happen. What company would put that kind of money behind it? That just doesn't make any sense. That's that what seems like an inflated number. <laughs> Zack Snyder's getting that with Netflix. He's getting $90 million to make his zombie epic. <laughs> yeah, but Zack Snyder is, unfortunately, you know, for whether you love or hate his movies, he is a bit of a proven winner. And he's, you know, he's a creator of the whole thing. You're not talking about... Now, now you got me fucking trying to look this shit up, man, because that's just yeah. that's an insane <laughs> amount of money, dude. It really is. So, what did they do? Be a, they put... They probably bought part of Swamp, and that's what they use <laughs> as their set. Is they actually yeah. bought some swamp land in North Carolina, and that that's where seventy million now. of the budget went to. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the DC Swamp, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> once the show, once the, once the streaming service fails, they'll just be giving tours every other Saturday. <laughs> Batman's in there, <laughs> Superman just hanging out in the swamp. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Legion of Doom. <laughs> We'll get you, little man. So the left side Legion of Doom fucking headquarters in the swamp. <laughs> that, was, uh, that would actually be okay, fucking so badass. Here we go. Let me let me clarify. So anyway, uh, sources said the reason given to crew for the abrupt end of filming was so Warner Brothers could evaluate the future of its DC Universe's streaming platform, on which Swamp Thing is scheduled to premiere May 31st. The premiere will still go forward. Uh, we were all caught off guard. No one was aware that it was happening. Uh, star uh, Virginia Madsen, uh, she posted about it on Instagram. I'm beyond sad. What a terrible decision. We have been cut to the core by those who have never set foot in the swamp. Uh, sources, uh, so then also, uh, the series has made significant investments in the region, region, estimating it would spend around $85 million locally on its entire first season, according to film grant applications filed with the state. Uh, the production occupies multiple sound stages and offices on the EUE Screen Gem stu- Studio lot and has built a massive swamp set on Stage 10, which houses a water tank for filming. Uh, at times, the series also required multiple crew units working simultaneously. Uh, in total, the production employs more than 500 local crew members, according to grant applications. Uh, when the series signed on to the area last fall, it did so with intentions to put down roots for multiple uh, seasons. With filming now being shuttered, it's not clear what the future of the show will be if the DC Universe service is altered or scrapped. Warner Brothers could potentially sell the completed project to a different network or streaming service, but it is unclear if that option is on the table. On one possibility is the show and possibly DC Universe as a whole could be absorbed into Warner Media's own streaming service with AT&T, which is currently in the works. Which is exactly which, what we said would start happening. <laughs> which is what would have made sense from the start. You know, Absolutely. And, yeah, no, I don't know. You know, it's funny though because like one of my big, you know, issues that I'm finding now is that 
you know, I mean, one, like I said, I, w- I, would, I wasn't going to be paying for the DC service. And, and here they go yet again. You know, hey, we want to we beat Marvel. We want to beat Marvel. Well, hey, we're going to get our streaming service out first. Um, you know, it helps when you have fucking properties that people actually want to see. Um, and, and not your old-ass fucking, you know, Superman movies and your old-ass Batman movies that anybody can get a DVD of or watch on any other one of the streaming services or just order and buy. Um, <laughs> but regardless, you know, like, I even with Hulu, which I enjoy, I really, really like Hulu, but the pricing is starting to get a little bit crazy with it. Um, now, I do right now, I had to get HBO through Hulu for the Game of Thrones series. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) We have been holding on to our cable account because we were waiting for the the final season of Game of Thrones. Well, of course, you know me. I'm a great procrastinator. I wait for everything and wait to look for everything. All this time, I thought I had HBO through my fucking cable. Um, we oh, didn't. no. So we've, had, so we've been keeping the cable account for basically nothing. We haven't turned our cable box on in, you know, I don't know, months. Um, so that being said, turn it on, don't have HBO. I'm like, okay, so I have one of two choices. I can either go through the cable company now in which I'm going to have to set up a contract and go right. however much time. You can't just get HBO with them. You've got to get whatever package includes HBO, which if I'm pretty sure was the cheapest one of all the packages was like $40 extra. Now, I ended up paying, I think it's like another 15 to 20 bucks with it through Hulu, but at the same time, that now brings my Hulu bill monthly to almost $70, uh, which is close to what you'd be paying with cable when you split yeah. it with your internet and stuff, except again, you do have, you know, I do have HBO, which is what I wouldn't be paying for it, unless I was a brand new customer, because, you know, the cable companies are, they give their new clients you know, everything while they fuck their old clients more and more per year and month at times. They fuck you with the drive through <laughs> They fuck you with your cable package. That's what they do, man. But, you know, it's, it's time to cut ties with the uh, cable portion of Fios and just go internet only with them because I really have no reason yeah. to have that cable box anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping it point. saves us about 70 bucks. That'd be good. I mean, I've been thinking about it myself, cutting the cord. Because I barely watch TV as it is, and I'm paying $136 a month for my cable, and I barely watch it. So, you know, like, we, have, we have the most basic cable package you can get through Fios mm. and their internet service, and we're paying, I think it's something like 140 to 150 Right. Ridiculous what they charge. You know, you have a, does that include a landline? Do you have a landline with that? Nope. I don't. We only have the double play. No, we don't. The only phones we have are our cell phones, so you know there's no reason no. to have a fucking landline. No, no, I don't have one either. I was just, I was just. Asking, hey, asking, asking a question. Don't ask questions. <laughs> the questions need to be asked. That's just how the trouble mm. begins. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with Swamp Thing. I mean, obviously, like the the doc had said, it premieres March 31st on the DC streaming service. So hopefully, uh, that's a good <laughs> thing. First. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, who knows? I mean, could be good. It's just unfortunate because you have all these cast people involved. You have the crew, the writers, and they all kind of get screwed. You feel bad for them. You know, putting in all this work only to be told that you're fucked. You know, it's, it's just, really, you know. 
I just don't see why they didn't continue their deal. Or, I mean, whatever. I guess they don't. Doesn't the WB, well, like I want to say the WB, but doesn't Warner Brothers own the CW? You already yeah. have a network built in that can air your products. Why not put this stuff on your CW network? Why not make a. What the fuck is that? It was going through a wind tunnel. Somebody is. <laughs> anyway. Go Whatever on. you do, don't jump. Um, <laughs> you know, why not set something up within your CW as a streaming service instead? I think they have something called CW Seed, which gives you access to all of the older CW shows and shit like that. Why not? What, like Dawson's Creek or some shit? <laughs> yeah, probably. Well, I mean, Dawson's Creek, I think, was on Amazon or Netflix or something because I was going to sleep to it. And they did have to change the theme song because they weren't allowed to use it. What? Lame. Oh, wow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you, you couldn't have the, I don't want to wait. For our lives to be older. So it's just generic music? For no, it had whatever. There was a theme song that the show, I guess, originally premiered with. Okay. That only lasted like a, like it only lasted like an episode or two. And then they went to, to the theme song that everybody knows from the show. Um, so they went back to that one. I guess they own the rights to that song. Well, there you go. You know, for all you Dawson fans out there who are disappointed, you can't listen to that theme song. Every time you turn on a Dawson show. Um, okay. So, Dawson should have totally fucked Jack, dude. Dawson needed to go gay. By the end of that series, Dawson was supposed to be gay. I don't know why he didn't. Like, I felt like it was going to happen. I felt like that transition had to happen. Never did. Felt that. It should have been a fucking love. It should have been a love problem between him and Joey and Pacey, because Dawson, you know, secretly was in love with fucking Pacey all that time and just didn't realize it. <laughs> and then he, he has that awakening. Pacey, I need you. Mm-hmm. Dude, I just want to Goes to Hollywood. Dude. He comes back. He's fucking flamboyant, and Pacey's still that fucking rough and tumble fisherman that he always was. And Dawson's like, "Oh my god, my fucking rippling forehead is so hard right now." <laughs> and then he does the weird crying face, and that's how they fade to black. Yes, serious <laughs> finale. <laughs> you know. uh-huh. And then cue, cue the music. Oh wait, you can't. <laughs> what? Can't play that? <laughs> Don't stop believing. Yep. Oh, shit, we did Sopranos. <laughs> We're never going to know how it ends now. We're going to be watching so many questions. Cue up John from Cincinnati, everybody. Oh. Yeah, that was a tough one because I like John from Cincinnati. I was with you on that boat. And Carnival. <laughs> two shows show. that, yeah. Carnival was fucking phenomenal. Yeah, what a shame! A show that was set up for five fucking seasons and it only got two. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, it kills me because that was such yeah. a great show. It, yeah, that that last episode still fucking gets to me, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right, so Doc, what else do you have for us? Uh, streaming services and shows. We've talked about the upcoming Creep Show series on Shutter, uh, and uh, that's still. Steaming ahead as planned, and it was announced this week that Tom Savini himself is once again stepping behind the camera to direct an episode for the Creepshow series. He will oh, be cool. directing. He will be directing an adaptation of Stephen King's son uh, Joe Hill. Uh, he will be 
directing an adaptation of the story by the Silver Water of Lake Champlain. Okay. I'm not familiar with that one. So, interested to see what Tom Savini can do. Um, he did direct the Night of the Living Dead remake in 1990, and that's a good one. So he's capable. See, talk about a streaming service done right. You know what I mean? And that's not even about the quality of the fucking product that they're putting out, man. That's the fact that Shudder is in bed with the Amazon Prime thing, which just mm-hmm. makes it so easy to push that button and join up for the service. And you push yeah. that button and you get your fucking free trial and then you forget about it. And then the next thing yeah. you know, you know, you're not even realizing that you're paying that four or five dollars extra per fucking yeah. month. If they had the D C streaming service on Amazon Prime, I probably would have tried it by now. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm not trying to have an argument about, you know, DC versus Shutter because it's two separate things. But like one, when I was reading this news, I went to the DC uh, streaming service website today and granted, you know, granted, I am not the target audience, but like there didn't look like there was anything to fucking watch there. Uh, You know, it's eight, it's, it's eight bucks a month. Or if you pay for like the whole year up front, you get a little bit of a discount. Uh, the shutter service is only five bucks a month, four ninety nine, and if you pay for it for the year, it's only four bucks a month. So it's a That's pretty good bad. fucking deal. Uh, yeah. and, and again, I feel like the catalog with Shutter, uh, you know, not trying to say, oh, this is horror versus superheroes, but they have more of a comprehensive library than DC does for their target audience. Well, again, that's kind of the problem. You know what I mean? Like, I, I am their target audience. You know, I'm that kind of person. One, I'm an yeah. impulse buyer. Two, I'm a comic book movie fan. But here's the problem. They're limited in the amount of series that they have. There's only so many DC movies that have been put out there. There's only so many DC shows that are out there that aren't readily available in other locations. You know, and I'm talking about the newer stuff. You know, as far as like Lois and Clark and shit like that, I don't want to watch that shit if that's on there. But like when I went through that that site, you know, again, with the idea like, hey, all it's going to take is me seeing one or two particular things that are going to say, hey, Keith, you want this. You want this. Yeah. And no, it's just never that point, and that's that's ridiculous for me because I fucking buy everything. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so do you? So do you know if the DC uh, streaming service had access to the old DC cartoons, like the old Batman shit or the old uh, Super Friends or anything like that, or did they just mix all of that out as well? I think they have access to the old cartoons, if I remember correctly. I, I can't say for sure, but that's not my interest either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to watch Batman yeah. the Animated Series. You know, I, Super I, for me, it was more about what some of the newer stuff that they were putting out, as well as, you know, tapping into whether whatever else they might put on there. It was really a matter of them getting some original content out, so... They didn't have yeah. enough prepared. They should have had enough of that ready before releasing the service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, in Disney and Marvel's yeah. corner, they've got the they've got Star Wars as well as Marvel. You know, so they've got a yeah. lot of shit to work with there, with a lot of deep fucking reservoirs of stuff. Right. Yeah, they're the Titans right now, and DC is just kind of in the water. <laughs> you go, hey guys, we're here. No, you're not. <laughs> yeah. You've got Aquaman. So, <laughs> so, so, Doc, do you have anything else? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so, uh, Sony Screen Gems 
has teamed up with the production company Ground Control uh, to uh, open up the Screen Gems, the Screen Gems Horror Lab. Uh, Sony Screen Gems is behind uh, such fare as Don't Breathe, Hostel, Resident Evil, Underworld, and remakes such as Carrie, Stepfather, and Prom Night. The purpose Ooh, of this horror lab that they are creating is that it's going to focus on horror genre proof of concepts where they're going to mainly work with burgeoning filmmakers to produce horror shorts with a primary goal to produce new original content into feature films. Hmm. Could be interesting. So, 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 so pretty much a whole bunch of pilots for TV shows, but possibly turned into movies. Well, yeah, uh, but them working with and developing uh, up-and-coming young talent to try and find those original ideas that are out there uh, to attempt to develop into feature films. So I was reading about yeah. this, these proof-of-concepts, and this is where a burgeoning filmmaker can, you know, say, uh, here is one scene from my movie that I had the budget to film, and this lab can say, wow, we see a lot of potential here, let's, uh, let's collaborate. Um, yeah, so basically like a, Fox Searchlight and the basic old-style Dollar Babies, where they would take like college oh, yeah. film students and put together movies and films with them for like real cheap. Yeah, so yeah, I was, I was uh, going to say the Ben Affleck project, right? You know, with that Project that, Greenlight. That was fo- yeah. that was Project Greenlight. Yeah. 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 So I'm oh, sorry. Uh, you know, this is going to be primar- primarily focused in, in the in, within the genre and. Look, with the oversaturation of remakes and reboots and reimaginings and relaunches and all of this, I think it's interesting that there's a company that is putting itself together to specifically try to develop new and original content because, granted, I know there's a lot of that going on in the indie world. A lot of that stuff sometimes is off of my radar, uh, but still, I'm of the mind that we can use an influx of new original content uh, because we do get a lot of the same old uh, again and again within all, actually in all, most all movie genres, but our, our genre specifically. Yeah, I agree. I agree, man. Uh, yeah, but just because also it's like the people that do have the ideas, they get the project together, but the project, you know, because they're only be able to get so much money, the project still doesn't match up visually to what they have in their mind for what they want to release as a final product. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, my concern will be whether or not how much of their content is going to be owned then by Sony and Trinjins if it does get picked up. You know, how much say they're going to have over the creative control once that studio says, yeah, we like your idea, we're going to make it into a movie. Okay, great. But then how much creative control do I have because now you bought it, like now you have it. So that will be my concern. Like if well, the I don't... Not going it, to say anymore. Well, that's not necessarily the case. Uh, they have not... Uh, talked about the details of how this collaboration is going to work, but it's not necessarily a case of them saying, oh, uh, filmmaker A, you have a really good idea. We're buying right. this idea for you. I think that this is trying to give a platform uh, to people to make, to make their movies, uh, you know, in a collaborative effort. And look, if you're, if you're investing in young talent and providing budgets that these young filmmakers could never possibly dream of acquiring on their own, then yeah, I mean, I would imagine that the the financial partners here, if their goal is to develop true content and not just make money, uh, they should have a say in some of that as well. And I'm sure these are things that uh, any young filmmaker trying to get involved in this would 
not be like blind to walking into this situation, you know, with yeah. this being, yeah. you know, open parentheses, horror lab, close parentheses, like it's a laboratory, you know, and they're yeah. going to try to, you know, do these experiments to make good movies. So uh, I'm sure it'll be interesting to see what comes out of this as this uh, venture gets itself off the ground. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what pans out because, like you had said, Doc, I mean, there's a lot of remakes out there, but the original content is what, you know, I think is what's going to shine through, you know, because uh, the remakes get tired after a while, you know, where you want to see something original. You want to see original horror films. And I'm sure there's a lot of well, filmmakers I mean, out there with a lot of great ideas. I mean, one of the problems that you do have, too, is we got to remember this. And, I mean, I know, listen, I'm guilty of saying the same thing. Like, make us original stuff, blah, 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 blah. But then somebody makes something original, and we either pick on it for it being too much like something else or mm-hmm. it does bad. Um, but, yeah. but regardless, you know, when it does come down to storytelling, I mean, I think if I remember it right, there's really only seven basic ways to tell a story. And mm-hmm. that goes through literature as well as film and so forth. So, you know, when you only have that kind of framework to tell that story within, then you can only get so creative with your characterizations and, and how you're going to affect or change the little intricacies that you can of that specific movie. Perhaps, but there's also, there's a lot of creative, there's a lot of creative people out there. And, you know, when you get an original idea, you know, like we watched that movie with fucking, what is the Terrifier with Art the Clown. Um, Yeah. You know, we can debate the quality of that. There was some entertaining parts, uh, and that was something new. And, yes, maybe there was some overtones of other stuff. But, like, granted, he had some name recognition and cachet already, but, like, Jordan Peele came out of nowhere with yeah. Get Out. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we can debate the quality, but it was highly regarded. A movie with, we covered for the show, Hereditary, uh, was kind of had some original ideas and something new. Like, that's not to say that it was a great movie, um, same thing. There was that. There was that other one. Uh, I can't think of what it's called. With the building, with the house, and the ghost, and um, Adorado. Yes, that one. Uh-huh. Uh, you know. So then that was a, that was a foreign film, but still, like there are people that do have these ideas and just don't have the resources to 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 get them out there. There's also people people that have ideas that are terrible that do have the resources to get them out there. <clears throat> but I truly, you know, I would like to see more quality original material and you know if yeah. that if that can if that production if that lab can get together 20 feature films and like two of them are of really good quality and 10 of them are all right and the rest is garbage like i think it's i think it's a win yeah completely agree with that um okay so what else do you have for us doc uh let's see what we have here uh there's a couple of things i know we're getting running on time there's a couple of things i can skip over but uh it's going to be a big year the rest of the way for the the cinema in our genre <clears throat> as cinema the, the american cinema. the american genre film archive and shout factory are teaming up uh to present to us uh cinematic releases of some of the things in their archives They have Mm -hmm. not yet announced any dates or locations. Uh, Those announcements will be coming soon. But returning to the big big screen will be such films as the original Black Christmas, Shopping Mall, Shopping Mm -hmm. Mall, the original Piranha, Rabbit, the original Slumber Party Massacre, Willard, 
Ben, Dreamscape, and musical films such as The Hotter They Come and the fantastic Who concert film The Kids Are All Right. The list <clears throat> is a lot more extensive than that, but those were the notable ones that stuck out to me. Uh, but Did I feel you say like fucking it would be... Dreamscape? I yeah, said fucking Dreamscape with Dennis Oh, Wade. shit! <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, I will be keeping a very close eye on that story and will we be reporting back when I find out news about locations and film release dates. But I'm super fucking stoked uh, for the, an opportunity to catch some of these things on the big screen. Yeah. So is this going to be like a is this going to be like a new film project? Kind of like um, recently, Adam Films has been going around and re-releasing stuff into theaters. Um, yep. You know, usually during the summer for marathons and whatnot. So we're looking at a new kind of project like that, where it's just limited uh, runs of yeah, stuff into I theaters. Uh, you know. The information I gave was the, was the information that I saw in the press release. Uh, they have not okay. said if this is going to be a situation where it's going to be, you know, like a marathon where there's you see three at a time. There's been no details other than uh, this. Uh, and okay. uh, you know, the list the list of films is a, is a whole lot longer. And I'm sure that you can find that list online. Maybe I'll share it with you guys in the message. But like. Uh, there, there's not yet talk about how that's all going to work, but I'm definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to that because if I can get a chance to see Shopping Mall uh, or the original, the original Piranha or, or Dreamscape where the kids are all right on the big screen, I'm fucking stoked about that. Yeah, I'm no, so that's cool. that fucking, dude. That end sequence, man, when the when the villain at the end of Dreamscape turned into that fucking snake, man. I know, dude. I know. Shit, dude. I know. Yeah, it's just, but yeah, I'm stoked for that project, oh, because like you said, Chopping Mall, Summer Party Massacre, Black Christmas, you know, big movies in my catalog. I would love to have a chance to yeah. see them on the it's big screen. All, film, all yeah. films that we've covered on Talking Terror, just so you know, if you go back to the archives, <laughs> uh, you might have to go back to the yep. old series, but we have covered every single one of those films except for Dreamscape. Right, and we covered Rabbit as well on the uh, the re-release of Talking Terror. So I'm excited to see Rabbit too. I mean, that would be so stoked to see Rabbit on the and Rock and Roll High School. Uh, not only Slumber Party Massacre, but Slumber Party Massacre too. Um, oh, that's a guilty pleasure. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on my board. Yeah, I cannot wait to see and, those on the big screen. And yeah, King, man, of, maybe we, maybe we can go see this stuff and not be threatened to be kicked out of the theater. Yeah, like the forest trap. <laughs> <laughs> we had a whole bunch of people like threatening to kill us because we were just making fun of movies and everything. That's pretty yeah. good. <laughs> as I'm looking at the press release again, uh, specific screening dates and locations for these titles have yet to be revealed, but we'll keep you up to date as we hear more. So uh, I will be following up uh, with this on the show as I learn more. All That's right. awesome. So what uh, What do you have next? I mean. I have a couple of items, but like you know, I don't think that they're anything that's all that important. So if uh, you know, it's up to the ghoul. It is his pick, so I will leave the choice in his hands. Uh, yeah, I know, man. Started. You got you got more news. Give us more news. And I have what one. You got, man. All I right. So uh, so I'll, I'll do I'll do this one more. Uh, so uh, we recently talked about uh, Blumhouse and RZA teaming up for Netflix. Uh, so just it turns out that. <laughs> yeah, that was closer to uh, being complete than we thought because uh, released on Netflix just a couple days ago on April 14th, uh, titled Thriller, uh, was the Blumhouse uh, creation with RZA as executive producer and star. That's pretty fucking good. Uh, 
I haven't watched it yet. It's called Thriller. Apparently, it is a yep. traditional slasher that's been moved from white suburbia to modern-day Compton, California, where yeah. teens are forced to deal with uh, a, you know, a slashing menace set amongst the, back, the cityscape of racism and violence. Uh, this movie uh, was written and directed by Dallas Jackson and stars RZA and Bubba himself, Michael T. Williamson. It is it is good. I actually just watched it recently. It is really fucking worth checking out, uh, just because of how they handled the material. You know, showing you in a different light, bringing back black cinema that we've talked about. Uh, yeah, definitely check out Thriller on Netflix because it's definitely a great slasher film. A lot of fun uh, with Thriller. Um, but I, I, no, my Thriller. I, <laughs> I, um, but I know, like you had said, Doc, you had a couple other pieces you want to talk about. I have one I wanted to talk about real quick, because I actually found out about this the other day, and I put it on the Talking Terror Facebook page. Uh, John Travolta is in a new film that's currently filming called The Fanatic, directed by Limp Biscuit's Fred Durst, and also starring what? Devin Sawa of Final Destination Idle Hands fame. Apparently, John Travolta is going to be playing an obsessed fan of Devin Sawa, who is an action film star. And it's up to the lengths of what he's going to do to stalk this particular person. Yes, it is written and directed by Fred Durst. Take You're making this shit you know. up. I wow, I really, I really can't I just, wait for the, for the rest of my life to pass by with never watching that movie. <laughs> yeah, no. I saw that. Yeah, like, don't don't forget, he did it all for the nookie, okay? The nookie. Yeah. <laughs> this is real. Like, <laughs> I thought it was an April Fool's joke. I'm like, no, wait, this just came out. It's not yeah. an April Fool's joke. It's an actual movie. Yeah. John Travolta playing an yeah. obsessed fan, chasing after Devin Sawa, directed by Fred Durst. Yeah. And he said it was the best film that he's worked on in a long time because Fred Durst gave him a lot of creative control. Yeah. Wow. I think this movie's okay. really all about the he said, she said bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> he just wants to break stuff, really. <laughs> I agree. I just, when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever heard. Fred Durst directing you better Talking that shit. <laughs> <laughs> he's got that chainsaw. He's gonna skin your ass raw. That's what he's gonna do. God, I wonder if he's still like, like the fucking worst. Uh, like I wonder if there's gonna be like any behind the scenes shots of Fred Durst behind the camera still wearing the red New York Yankees hat. Nobody wears a fucking red Yankees hat. What a fucking stroker. He does. <laughs> yeah. That's all he does. Because he has faith in this project. You know what's funny, man? This is guy. <laughs> this is kid I work with, man. And I hate. I, okay, it's wrong to say I hate him, but uh, I, I don't like him very much. And he is, in <laughs> fact, one of those people that wear the red Yankees hat. Who is this? Can you work with? <laughs> just one of those random for, dudes man. that I work with, man. Yeah, that's I, I bad listen, for, I dude. agree, dude. The enemy's dude, color. It's, it's, it's just, it's, mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's fucking take your fashion and fucking go screw. Uh, you know, I, I, I used to be, I used to, when I was much younger, uh, yeah, what, I used to be, a, a, you know, a, like a complete and total traditionalist about a lot of things, uh, which I have moved away from as I've actually gotten older, which is weird because most people do it opposite. But one of the things that I will never move away from is the fucking Yankee hats is fucking blue. Uh, you don't wear a fucking red Yankee hat. Um, we're a fucking black Yankee hat. The fucking hat is blue. Uh, so you just kept rolling, rolling, rolling. All that? right. I, I, I got to admit, I, yeah, I did have a black and white one and a black on black Yankees hat as well, uh, along with the traditional blue and white. You <laughs> fucking poser. 
<laughs> Way to ruin it, monkey. That's why nobody likes you, monkey. <laughs> okay. What are you talking so about, man? You're a Red Sox fan anyway, King. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate the Yankees. And I have a green Red Sox hat, so yeah, I'm happy about that. Wear proudly. Wear the green. <laughs> anyway, uh, so yeah, that's my little bit. Uh, so we got to go into the movie for tonight, which is The Ghoul's Pick, Night of the Lucas, 1972, Woo-hoo! directed by William S. Claxton. That's a familiar name. There was one. So, Ghoul, take us away into the land of killer bunnies. Yeah. Listen, Easter was coming up, and I didn't fucking know what the hell movie to pick. All the fucking Easter-based films that I was looking at looked horrible and totally low budget. Not like this one looked any better, but this one had classic status. So I assume that this one had to have some kind of redeeming quality to it. Boy, was I ever wrong. Um, I was certainly not fucking high enough. I was certainly not fucking rolling in anything to fucking watch this movie and enjoy it. That's my pick. (laughs) Damn. All right. So what is it about? I'm sorry. (laughs) It's about fucking killer bunnies. You said it already, man. <laughs> fucking people check the rabbit. Their little kid is an asshole and fucking does something stupid. And the rabbit goes and makes a bunch of killer rabbits. So blame it on the kids. <laughs> can't blame it on the a- 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 alcohol. No, you can't. Because there was none. With a very young couple played by Jenna Lee and Stuart Whitman. Very young. Very very young couple in their mid fifties. <laughs> well, no, she was, well, actually, she she was. I did look it up because I agree. She looked old. She was actually only forty five in this movie, man. Ooh, that's so a rough I mean, that's actually, with, but that is within but, age to have like an eight or nine year old kid, especially okay, in that but, time frame. Okay, Ooh. but but at forty five though, you don't get referred to as a young couple. Anyway, all right. Well, so, yeah, that's a good point. Doc, so what did you did think of the movie? They got referred to as a young oh, couple. Sorry. They got referred to as a couple as if they did, nobody knew who they were, or like he didn't <laughs> yeah. really know who they were. And yet, when he goes and meets them, the first thing their kid says to him is, "Hey, Uncle, whatever his name was, Elgin. Hi, Uncle Elgin." Yeah. Yep. Hey, how you doing there, kid? <laughs> God damn it. Creepy as fuck. <laughs> but so yeah, Doc, what do you think about Night of the Weepers? Um, well, first, I think it's funny how all like like recently. Uh, when there's some type of like holiday or something, the ghoul is uh, trying to pick something to go along with that. Uh, nice. You know, with the with the example being his, uh, you know, his Valentine's Day choice of fucking Twilight uh, <laughs> during the Valentine's Day week, um, and then this for Easter. Uh, one, I was so surprised before I even like maybe I knew something about this movie in the recesses of my brain, but it didn't. The title didn't jump out to me right away. But the first thing I saw when looking this up was 1972 and I feel like when it comes to our show like if you say something like from 1972 the ghoul immediately wants to fucking go jump out a fucking window somewhere Um, (laughs) because he is the one on our show who wants nothing not that he wants nothing to do with but like immediately gets a bad taste in his mouth when we're like we're gonna watch this movie from 1971 or 1973 or 1967 Uh, he immediately gets turned off no I know I know so uh, you know uh, here's the thing. So you're apologizing profusely for this, and while this movie is terrible, uh, you know, in some ways I did like it, because while I haven't seen this before, uh, when I was a kid, 
uh, I did enjoy a steady diet of some of like the B grade uh, animal horror movies, but like mm-hmm. frogs. Uh, I, and I had all these DVDs, Frogs and Empire of the Ants and Killer Bees and Grizzly. Uh, I was always kind of a fan of those low-budget fucking animal horror movies uh, when I was a kid. I, they used to show them all the time, uh, you know, on like Channel 5 and shit, and I just always fucking loved it. Uh, so uh, while, yes, this is not a good movie by any stretch of the imagination, this is one of those genres of bad movies that I personally can get some enjoyment out of, including enjoyment of the horribly stilted fucking performances and the absurd fucking storyline and the fucking insanely horrible special effects. Uh, you know, it's still something that I can get chuckles from. So I did not hate watching this movie. Well, there you go. I think, I think saying I hated watching it is a little bit of a, a misnomer, but again, like I said, it's, it's just one of those weird ones. But Okay, sorry, Monkey, go ahead. <laughs> No, it's cool. Uh, when I heard that the ghoul picked this movie, of all movies, to cover Easter, I was so fucking stoked. It's just, oh, man, again, we're talking 70s, just like the doc said. I was shocked that he picked a 70s movie. Um, but I was just so excited because this movie's campy, it's horrible, you know, and it's glorious for all of those reasons. Uh, I told the diva about it. She was stoked as hell because – her Easter tradition was that her mother every Easter would actually make the whole family sit down and watch the night of the leaf us every year around Easter. So it's like, you know, so it was, you know, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's got horrible effects. It's got horrible acting, but yeah, it's just, I fucking love this corny piece of shit. I really do. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Great opinion. I love this corny piece of shit. (laughs) (laughs) And how about you, King? How do you feel about this film? Yeah, I mean, it's not my favorite. I'll tell you that much. Um, When I was a kid, uh, much like what the the docket said, I grew up on a lot of the nature attack films in the 1970s. Like the Assembly of Frogs, Fruits of God is another one. Uh, in the 80s, there was Of Unknown Origin with Peter Weller. Uh, there was also The Killer Bees, The Giant Spider Invasion, Empire of the Ants, uh, Kingdom of the Spiders. So, yeah, I grew up on a lot of those movies. My mother would always put them on. Like, they were always running in my household because they were kid-friendly, they were safe, they were dumb. But, you know, I grew up on them, so I kind of watched them. But nevertheless, this was the one that I always hated when it came on because I'm like, this movie's just so fucking dumb. Like, the bunnies are so fucking adorable. Like, there's nothing that you can do to make these rabbits terrifying. Like, there's nothing that you can do that's going to make me go, oh, shit. You know, shit just got real because they're giants now. It's like, no, they're not. They're forced perspective. Like, and they're just running around the entire film. And you have a bunch of guys going, no, no, no. Like, you know, with fake blood everywhere. Watership Down did a better job of making rabbits scary than this movie did. They did, yeah. Watership <laughs> Down is fucking terrifying for a kid. I watched it when I was a kid. I'm like, oh, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, you know, but none of the leafists is like, oh, they're adorable. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I, mean, I will pet them. Like, you know, they go, come here. Come here, you. You know, run around in the grass. Like, they're not going to kill saddle- Put a saddle on that motherfucker. <laughs> yep, and I'll just ride him around town. Uh, yep, I call him Flappers. This is my bunny. 
<laughs> you know, and that's what I would do. But that's what you get. Um, but it, it works, I guess, because back in 1972, this movie felt like it was a movie where a bunch of people sat around doing rails of fucking coke. And they're like, what can we do with, like, rabbits? Like, that's scary, right? Like, fucking people are kind of afraid of them, right? We could make it scary. Let's do another rail. Oh, we can get Janet Lee. Hell yeah, we could do that. She was in Psycho. Totally get her. She's not doing anything right now. Like, that's what I felt like this movie was all about. It's just a bunch of people sitting around doing drugs and going, how can we make this work? Okay. Uh, science. That's how. <laughs> it worked for Godzilla. <laughs> but not so much for rabbits. Which no. is, uh, like the, the Gula said, it's a threadbare plot as it is. It's uh, rabbits invading farmland, and they want to figure out a way to stop them. So they contact Roy and his wife, Jerry, who are kind of peaceful people, and they kind of find fun ways to get rid of animals, like with bats. Uh, we're going to train them so they can kill off the mosquitoes. Rather than just bomb them with fucking drugs and poison, no, they, they have humane ways. Well, no, it's, it's also it's a matter of not just being humane, but it's a matter of also not destroying, you know, the the entire delicate balance of everything that goes on around that. You know, you take away the bats, now you're going to get an infestation of bugs because bats kill and eat a lot of bugs. You take away the coyotes, you got an influx of rabbits. There is, you know, deep in this movie, yeah. there is a little bit of a conservative, you know what I mean, a fucking conservation, conservation. type of... Uh, yeah. Yeah, that that type of deal going on in there. So that that well, get, because, you know. Well, because all of this was based on cattle ranchers, and it was we can't go around and use pesticide because if we use the pesticide, it'll kill the rabbits. But then it's also going to kill all of the plains that all of the cows feed on, and the cows won't be able to feed, and they're going to have to go to market at the wrong time of the year, and they're going right. to you know be sold for super fucking cheap, you know. And yeah, you know. At the same time, we're talking about the 70s, you know, uh, you know, we still got a little bit of hippie shit going on where we're trying to do things the right way. But the goal is right, where it's, you do have to find that balance in nature, because especially out there when you're talking about the plains, it's so easy for one thing to take over after the other. And you have to have that balance. And that was Cole's whole argument, who was played by Rory Jackson. Yes, Daniel, so he covered everything in balance. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, Cole, who's it's the circle Calhoun. of life Oh, sorry <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> And this is something that the monkey and I talked about With Motel Hell being the connecting thread With Rory Calhoun who plays Cole in this movie Maybe that's how he got his idea for the jerky In Motel Hell By killing all these rabbits um, But it was his idea basically saying That he doesn't want to do that With all the cyanide and poison Because it's just the wrong idea to kill all these things So if you could come up with a better way to do it you do it. You know, let's see what happens. They just had, they missed the montage of science. They needed a montage of like beakers <laughs> and, you know, running on a chalkboard and stuff like that and seeing what works. <laughs> that they, was what was missing. They, they, need, they needed a montage scene with Val Kilmer doing, doing schematics out on the chalkboard of how to do it the right way. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. This is how we do it. We have our control group. <laughs> Well, we thought we had a control group until a, a fucking annoying-ass little girl decided to fuck with it. Yeah, can we all agree that mm-hmm. kids fucking suck? Like, that they're the fucking worst. 
Like, they're the reason behind all this shit. Like, you know, I don't particularly blame the little girl for it. I blame the fucking ranch hand kid. He was like, yeah, we got to get rid of this rabbit. Yeah, fuck him. No, it's definitely the girl's fault, man. I mean, come on, dude. The kid switched the rabbits to begin with. Yeah, but she didn't plan on this fucking guy walking up. She, well, no, but she took the rabbit that they injected out of the cage where they knew it was injected and swapped the cages, man. She is absolutely to blame. Yeah, I, just yeah, because she I mean, she wanted a pet rabbit. That's why it's it's all her fault, man. <laughs> this little bitch's fault. Because that was her favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I love the fact that in the movie they use the same footage twice. Because at the beginning of the movie you get that news report about the rabbits, and you have yeah. all these ranch hands chasing the rabbits, going go on, get and shoot them and shit like that. And then you get the exact but same same footage. When Janet Lee rolls up to her husband, (laughs) (laughs) they have to use the exact same footage. She's like, oh, no, they're killing him. Yeah, well, because there's thousands of them. (laughs) But while they're hurting all these rabbits during this footage, why the fuck did all the rabbits sound like pigs? They did. I mean, do rabbits sound like that? I mean, I've never heard a rabbit make any noise. I mean, I guess they they make a squealing noise. That that I know I've heard. Um, you know, we 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 used to have a mutual friend uh, named Lou. Um, you know, and uh, he had a farm. And one of the things that he used to like to do is bring us bring us to his farm to watch his rabbits mate, which is one of the funniest <laughs> fucking things to to watch. Cause those things fucking pound fast. They pound fucking furious. And then when they jackhammers, they fucking pop. So like the fucking male busts a nut and they'll be paralyzed. Like he, like it must feel so fucking good to fucking unleash that load because these fuckers nut and they are like straight up comatose for like I don't know, 10, yeah, fifteen seconds or so. Yeah, they're literally paralyzed, <laughs> just like a keel over on their side because <laughs> they just busted that nut. But, but yeah, mm-hmm. man, I. I, I, I I've seen it too, man. I know what you're talking about where it, you know, it looks like a construction worker, you know, with a jackhammer. And it's just and then, and and it literally only lasts like maybe thirty seconds, if that. <laughs> and you know what? As as a kid coming out of New York, where you know you didn't see rabbits all that often, let alone a fucking farm. You know that was the funniest fucking thing I could have seen at like age twelve. You know. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's yeah. just with the whole thing with the rabbit getting unleashed, like the the ghoul said earlier. You know, the rabbit gets unleashed and it starts mating, and now you have gigantic rabbits. Um, the funniest thing is that the fact that you have actors dressed up like rabbits in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the best. When you yeah. see the up close shots of some of these rabbits, and it's clearly a fucking college kid wearing a rabbit outfit. <laughs> he, just, he doesn't know what to do, so they have to cut away. This movie, you know what? I mean, here's the thing. This movie needed more of that and less mm-hmm. of real rabbit footage with fucking miniatures and models. Dude, the fucking it needed more people in costumes. It was fucking hilarious, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In that yeah. one scene where they're just running down the fucking street for like a minute straight, I was fucking dying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some of the some of the yeah. scenes, especially when they were giving you like the bigger model, like when they were going with the full on like city models and all that stuff, they, that was fine. Yeah. But you know when you had a lot of repeated shots where I don't know, you saw the fucking same rabbits coming down the cave like ten times. It's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. listen, you know what? Yeah. Again, I will I will take fucking college kid 
in a costume because at least it would be funny. Like seeing the, the yeah. fake rabbit arm come out and like club the one guy at the one point. Like that gave a legitimate laugh for me, you know, because it was like, wow, that's fucking silly. I just wanted to the, uh, <laughs> the one rabbit that gets shot at one point and all of a sudden it puts his paw through his face. And goes, oh God. <laughs> yeah. That's a college kid. <laughs> that is one of the costume rabbits. I just wanted to see the kid. I just wanted to see the casting call ad that was put in the newspaper going, need off season Easter bunny actors, you know, bring your own Easter bunny costume (laughs) (laughs) for for auditions. (laughs) Must provide own costume. We'll get lunch. <laughs> Lunch provided. <laughs> yeah. There is no Easter Bunny. That's just a guy in a suit. The Menlo Park Mall guy did it better. <laughs> it's just so sad. I, I mean, I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've, I've put that picture up before. I don't know if I ever put it on uh, Talking Terror, man. But yeah, I had that one fucking picture of me as a kid, dude. And that fucking that Easter Bunny was horrifying. Like talk about yeah, like man, a legitimately that's a... scary looking fucking guy in a costume. That shit looked like a fucking serial killer. Dude, I, I I remember you showing us that picture, and yeah, that was a scary fucking bunny, man. Yeah, <laughs> but like that, fucking that's like how blood she... rings around his eyes and shit, and his mouth is fucking weird. <laughs> but that's how it was like for those of us growing up in the seventies and eighties. Was you know our Santa Clauses and our Easter bunnies and stuff like that. There were some fucked up looking things, man. <laughs> well, and with, with with going in with the rabbit escaping after the you know the kid releases it into the cave, you know it's not like anybody brings it up in this movie. Like, how did they get this thing? Like, obviously something had to have happened. You know, maybe one of our control mm. group rabbits escaped. You know, they don't bring it yeah. up at any point. Yeah, at no point does the girl get like her. I don't want to say her comeuppance because I mean obviously she's a kid. I don't want to see a hereditary type of situation happen to the kid for what happens. But you know, I mean, there needed to be some kind of like, you know, like, hey, you did this. How could you do this? You know, you ruined mommy and daddy's work. Something to that effect. Yeah, there was yeah. no explanation. There was no questioning. They come up upon the rabbits in the the gold mine, and they're just gigantic rabbits. And you have Roy. They're like, oh my god, wow. And we have yeah. slow, and, and they have slow motion jaws covered in blood. <laughs> oh, those, those up to the shots of the the rabbits' uh, mouths, and it's like, yeah, like they're all scared. I'm like, you're not scary. They're so adorable. Like, I still want to pet that rabbit. <laughs> you know, dude. No, I, I love seriously. The first legitimate laugh I had in this movie was when they did that first close-up of, like, the growling rabbit, and, like, it went to its teeth, and, like, they, they did it with the scary face. And it was it was just, like, laugh out loud, like, guffawing coming out of my mouth at that point. Like, I wish oh, this movie had that kind of level of comedy throughout the entire mm. film. Yeah, it's like... Sure, it's but that, that's a writing issue, too, because, you know, we're not talking about, like... True comedic genius yeah. that's writing. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is a guy that, well, this is also a guy that made westerns, which is why you have so many actors in here that are from westerns traditionally. Yeah. Oh, your other I mean, favorite you got genre. Bones playing the main character. 
Yeah, man, I'm but, a doctor. But also, she's not a Robert expert. <laughs> oh, someone had to do it. <laughs> but also, yeah, like, we, we have the whole thing, though, of also that, uh, you know, they're not just rabbits. They're hares, okay? And by nature, they're boring animals. How the fuck is this, the city not collapsing under all of the boring activity that they had to have been doing? You know, because yep, I'm expecting them to be doing some shit like straight up tre- tremors, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. going around, you know, going through shit. Sorry, Google, what were you going to say? No, it's funny, actually, that you brought up Tremors, because that is one of the movies that came into my mind while watching this. Um, I was like, wow, you know, I, I could see where some of the ideas that they kind of had in Tremors could have come from this film. Um, uh, but that being said, like, yeah, but the thing, you got to remember, they weren't around the city for the majority of the movie. They didn't get near right. the city until near the end, so they were all the way out by the mine, which was, you know, X amount of miles away from his fucking ranch, which was on a fucking mountain, which was a bad soundstage, and then there was the fucking <laughs> helicopter sequence uh, in which you saw... Was it the helicopter? No, it was... One of the other scenes where you saw... It was when the three of them were there looking at the holes. Oh, yeah. Yep. And if, yeah. if you look at their shadows, it's light out. <laughs> And the sun is supposed to be coming from one direction, so you see their shadows going one way. But then if you actually look, you see the other two guys' shadows going in the opposite direction, and the, the scene cuts to another – I forget what the shot was, but you clearly see the lights in the fucking reflection – you see three lights for the lamps that they were using to illuminate the scene in this particular <laughs> scene. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. They just went with it. <laughs> we can't go back. We're behind schedule. There's not enough coke left. We have to just finish this movie. <laughs> you know, the college kids are leaving. They're taking their rabbit costumes with them. We have to finish this movie. We got to wrap this shit up. <laughs> yeah. We have to get. We have to get someone with this movie. You know, Stuart Whitman. He's bones. He's tired. He's got Star Trek money. He can't be here right now. No, but you pointed that out though, man. It's, he didn't have Star Trek money because didn't he didn't have Star Trek you, money at, yet. Yes, because at, no. Well, hold on, because the King and I actually talked about this last night. Because the first season of Star Trek came out in '69, it was canceled after that, after only one season, and then came back after Star Wars got big. So Star Trek didn't come back until '78, '79. So the mm-hmm. Forrest Kelly was in between Star Trek money. He didn't have no Star Trek money, so he was jumping on a fucking paycheck. You know, <laughs> the the popularity of Star Trek wasn't quite what it is. You know, to to this day, you know, it had a strong no. set of fans, but it wasn't the uh, the the rabid fan base that you have today. True. Well, <laughs> it's the same thing I feel about uh, Janet Lee, though. Like Janet Lee, I know from Psycho. You know, because she was in the opening sequence, and that was supposed to be the big kill. But I don't know anything that Jenna Lee did other than Psycho and Men of the Weepers. So, well, she also I mean, you're she gave to... birth. She gave birth to Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah, she gave birth to an actress, but as far and as then her was married career, to Tony Curtis. Well, again, yeah. the mature, she was born in 1927. You know, she did a lot of films in that you know that that 40s 50s period. Um, it was. 
after one of the films she did with Tony Curtis. I, I forget which one it was. Um, but it was after that movie because I guess they had like a pretty rough divorce or whatever it was. And they uh, she kind of took a break. Yeah. She was only in a few films after that, which would have been more of our time frame of movies when you're looking at, you know, maybe late 60s to, to 80s period would have been – Oh, like that's what I consider when I think of old movies that I watch. That's the time frame, you know. When you start talking about shit from the forties and the fifties, I'm like, yeah, that's not like old shit. That's like fucking ancient yeah. shit. Yeah. So that's the, the way I felt about Jenna Lee. Is that I know her from Psycho. I know her from this movie. She was good in Psycho, but that's not her movie. It's it's Anthony Perkins' movie Psycho. Um, yeah. So I don't think about was, Jenna Lee. She was in the Fog. She was in the, in the 1980 version of the Fog. Uh, she and also. Uh, yeah, and she also a very popular movie that had a remake with Denzel a few years ago. But in 1962, uh, she was also in the Manchurian Candidate. That's true. Oh, okay. That was the Sinatra, right? The Manchurian yep. Candidate. Yeah, were, yes, that was the in Sinatra. Know. Oh, and she was also in was that, Bye Bye Birdie. Was that the movie with a, Tony Curtis? Uh, was uh, Manchurian Candidate or no? It might have been. Uh, Researching it right now. That might have been the film that kind of like put the the nail in the coffin for her. She started like really spreading her movies out after that movie. Tony Curtis was not in The Manchurian Candidate. Okay. Yeah. I just, uh, you know, when you think about her though, you know, every summer Jenna Lee, she's not that great. I mean, in this movie, she's not that great of an actress. You know, I I don't know if it was a script. Or, you know, she her is, just acting, getting money, she, but, yeah. She is definitely not the glue that holds this film together. <laughs> She's barely in it, I like, when you think about it. <laughs> she shows up in a couple of I don't think there was much that she really could have done with what right. was in this movie, you know? I mean, how much... It's like, she kind of, I think she kind of knew what it was that she was in. You know, like, listen, it's a fucking movie about rabbits that are gigantic and attacking and killing people. I mean, come on. You know, as an actress, as an actor, I mean, yes, you say that there's no such thing as a small role, but, I mean, I don't know. I think I would look at this and be like, are you serious? Well, I mean, it's the okay. same way I feel about Vera Miles, who was in Psycho. And then came back years later in the 80s to do Psycho 2. It's like, who knows about Vera Miles? Like, you know, does anybody care where she is right now? And she yes, shows up in Psycho 2. Okay, but on top of all that, though, it's like I just want to jump on what the ghoul said here. Is, okay, you know, he's saying, you know, why would you take that? Like we said at the beginning of the show, this was also the time of, you know, you know attack movies. You know, animal attack movies. There were lots of them going on. You know, so, you know, that was probably just the horror thing that was going on at the time. (laughs) This is what American filmmakers were doing was weird-ass animal attack movies. Well, I think it's also to put a name on the marquee. If you're going to release a movie, you put Janet Lee's name on the fucking marquee, you're going to get people. Because it's a recognizable Mm -hmm. name. Just like with Stuart Whitman, if you put his name on the marquee, you're going to recognize it because you might know him from Star Trek or his other films. So... You got to get that marquee attraction. You so mean DeForest Kelly? DeForest yeah. Kelly, well, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could put him up there, you know, or Rory Kelly. Well, it was like was uh, you get that one person that had a, like the name of popularity at one point in time, and you slap him on that nonsense. Like, uh, 
what was the name of the actress? I'm looking it up right now because I can't remember off the top of my head. But Empire of the Ants, also uh, from the Joan 70s, had um, yeah, Joan Collins. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was oh, shit. Name. Okay. Just like William Shatner with the Empire of the Spiders. You know, King mm-hmm. of the Spiders, rather. You know, where right. it was like, put his name on the fucking marquee. We're going to get people. He's Kirk. <laughs> Star Trek. You know, people are going to come see this movie. So... It has marquee ability, yeah. but it doesn't mean that they're in a good mood. Yeah, but he also has proven throughout his entire career that he's just a whore, and he'll do fucking anything for a couple of dollars. <laughs> Devil well, we didn't know we didn't know that then in the seventies. That's true. Yeah, we didn't this know that then. Yeah. This is true, but I, mean, I think he had a pretty big, uh, you know, big amount of roles already by that point. Like he had turned up in a lot of different things. Um. But with, with none of the leases, when they go to the mine and he, uh, you have Roy taking the pictures of the rabbits, they're pointing to the explosion. <laughs> the funniest every thing time, that happens. Every time I hear fucking Roy, the only thing I think of is Friday the 13th Part 5. <laughs> every time I heard the name fucking Roy in this movie, that is the only thing I keep picturing. Roy Burns. <laughs> EMT for hire. <laughs> yeah. Um, this movie could have had... used a little bit of that, Roy. I could have in a big way, but you have all these explosives being planted, and you also have like the the ghoul mentioned. You have the monkey mentioned, the tremors reference. You have the one rabbit coming out of the ground, uh, lifting up the dirt, and then climbing out of the ground and be like, "Hey, everybody! Aw, look at him! Look at that rabbit! Hey, buddy! No, no, he's supposed to be terrifying, and he attacks Judd as he's finding the explosives. Like, no way! No, stop hitting me, rabbit!" Stop hugging, you know. And when the, the rabbit gets attacked by Janet Lee, Stonier. Stonier, Lewis. <laughs> the man's rabbit is so good. He deserves better. But the actor that's playing this character did not know what fucking movie he was in because he gets attacked and he's like, oh man, now it's fucking crazy. My clothes are all covered in blood, but man, that shit happened. <laughs> not even reacting to yeah. that. He got flashed yeah. up by a fucking rabbit. Yeah. yeah. Gotta get those explosives. And and that's the thing that you bring up that I you know you and I talked about last night was you know you have these people that are getting attacked by rabbits you know you know we've got our boy that just got ripped up in the the cabin you know and gently comes and wipes them off we have a family of four that was attacked on the side of the road you know and no gashes no no cuts no, no. scrapes no nothing it's literally just some red paint that's smeared on all of our victims you know yeah. and <laughs> like you know. It's just the special effects in this movie were just so fucking bad when it came to gore effects. It's like, they just give me a roll of paper. Yeah, that's okay. it. If you, you, you give me a roll of uh, paper towels, I can make it look like you were gashed open like a motherfucker. You know, but yeah, it's like there, no one was even bothering to try and do any gore effects of any kind. It was just, yeah. again, you know, oh. 70s people were still trying to figure Splash out horror effects. Yeah, you know, <laughs> call it done. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fact that the blood on Judd Church already is fucking drying when he gets, you know, <laughs> taken care of by Jenna Lee. <laughs> you know, it's already dried. And he's like, man, man blow the mind. The, guy, the guy's fucking, you know, he clots quick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's that rancher hand mentality. Clots quick. Got to get back to work. Shit. They, they were all cowboys. people back then. That's why you look at Janet Lee. She's forty-five. She looks like she's fucking sixty-three. You know, yeah, like people were just <laughs> humanity was just different back then. They were stonier. They were harder. They were stonier, Lewis. They were stonier. 
They're sour. They're all sour. (laughs) (laughs) The the rabbits here are sour. (laughs) You don't want to go down that road. The rabbits are down that road. (laughs) No, no. You don't want to get those Olenko trucks involved. (laughs) That that, that (laughs) landmine is sour. Carrots. (laughs) You don't want to bury them up in that pet cemetery, Lewis. They come back, don't you? No, no. I saw those rabbits back in 45, Lewis. But I love how we have this whole scene of them sitting there going into the mines, all right, and they sit there and like, ooh, we, we found, you know, their breeding ground. It's like, okay, where'd you put the dynamite? <laughs> we, we put it like five clicks back behind us. We didn't bother to bring any <laughs> from, from further into the mine, you know, yeah. where we might possibly stumble across a, the, a breeding ground. You know, <laughs> you know, no throwing any couple of sticks going, oh, well, we can hit these fuckers right here at their fucking nest. Nothing like that. Nope. I'm just going to sit there and take a couple of pictures and piss off some rabbits and cause a stampede, a, sl- well, a very no, slow motion got... stampede. No, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no. See you, man, again. You got to remember something. They were setting up the dynamite by the cave entrance to seal it off. But the Forrest Kelly and them were they were setting dynamite charges up top to collapse the cave on top of them. Yeah, so by setting it up in their holes, they were they were bringing basically they were trying to bring a portion of the mountain down on top of the rabbits mm-hmm. to kill a lot of them all at once. Mm-hmm. If you set the dynamite right mm-hmm. next to where the rabbits are, you're only going to kill a few of them. That's true. They were hoping to kill the entire thing. But, and then when they, they let the explosives off, you're like, oh hey. It's done. They're all dead. Cue the journey music. Everybody gets a beer. Everybody's getting away. <laughs> no, man. I looked at the fucking. I looked at the time clock on the fucking movie, and I was like, "Oh shit! There's still another there's fucking an hour to forty go. minutes to go." <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, it didn't end the way I wanted it to. Cue the journey music, and everybody's got a margarita. Everybody's fucking dancing. <laughs> you know, no, nope, didn't end that way because we have a lot more to go. Because the rabbits don't die, they actually are more pissed off now, and they're going to go after. The rabbits don't die; they multiply. (laughs) They're babies. Oh shit! (laughs) These rabbits. Babies, rabbits. (laughs) And now these motherfuckers—they want people. They want to eat horses too. Um, (laughs) They just want to go after fucking everything now. They're like, "Oh, okay, we're going to go after Roy Calhoun's horses." Fucking poor Mildred in the general store, which is the greatest fucking scene ever. When she gets mauled by the one rabbit, she's like, "No!" I'm like, no, he's just touching you. Like, he's not. The rabbit's just looking at you, and she's like, "It's you know, killing man. me! It's killing me! <laughs> oh God, it's killing me!" That was the best death. I'm like, man, she got paid extra fucking cheeseburgers that night. <laughs> she got an extra one on her plate, <laughs> you know, at the craft table. <laughs> Good job. I, I just want to know what part of the injection turned these rabbits into carnivores, because the last the time I checked, one. they they were indeed herbivores. Yeah, aren't rabbits herbivores? Like they don't eat flesh. I don't believe they're <laughs> omnivores. No, they're Where's not really built for it. Yeah, doc. <laughs> We we gotta call him the doc and <laughs> get his medical opinion on this one. <laughs> yeah. 
Doc, what what's is, your what medical is, opinion here? You know all <laughs> this. You're from California, so you know all this vegan shit, dude. Um, rabbits, man, they're not fucking omnivores, right? They just eat fucking vegetarian shit. Yeah, they eat roughage, man. They eat, like, fucking lettuce and fucking green shit, plants. Uh, maybe oh, like they, might eat, like, they might eat, like, bugs I... and shit, but as far as I know, they don't eat meat. In this one they do. Apparently they have a <laughs> no meat. What you mean? It don't eat no meat. That's okay. Yeah. You make lamb. Yeah, big factory. Did some, I, I consulted my medical references, and yes, rabbits in real life are herbivores. Okay. Yeah. So again, they're, they're like ninety percent of the fucking population in San Francisco. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. With their yoga mats as they go to work. But yeah, apparently, yeah, that's uh, the good thing the ghoul brought up is that there's no explanation as to why all of a sudden they just want to eat meat. Like all of a sudden they're killing horses, they're killing people. Like, shouldn't they just be attacking trees, eating a lot of grass? <laughs> I mean, you know, the other thing too, though, to consider here is they're really not eating them; they're just attacking them. They're like, yeah, he's chopped up to pieces, like he'd been hacked by an axe. He hadn't <laughs> yeah. been. Devoured though, so I guess they really weren't eating. I guess they were just fucking wantonly attacking. They do have just really in their mouths in a lot of the scenes when they show them up close. Yeah, but I mean that's because they're biting. They're not clawing, so you know they don't have opposable thumbs. They can't use weaponry, so <laughs> they don't have like a plus five <laughs> sort of fucking rabbit doom. Um, <laughs> so the only weapon they have are their teeth, you know. Those big buck well, yeah, anyway, they the only thing have that's the, uh, the they only have brawling capability. They got to roll for initiative. Yeah. <laughs> um, when they're attacking Cole's farmhouse and they're in the upstairs area, and you have Cole and you have the other guys downstairs shooting upwards at the rabbits, at no point did they cave in and fall to the floor. No, they're just hitting a shot, and you get the nice blood effect through the floor. But you would think that these gigantic rabbits would start falling to the floor. No, they don't. They just die. <laughs> no. They oh. just get shot and they die. I mean, they're big rabbits. They're not, you know, they're, they're not car size. You know, they're just, because they're, they're smaller than humans. They're just bigger than normal. Um, yeah, they I don't see them falling to the floor. They wanted to make them car size. At times, it's weird. You know, when you look at the size of them, sometimes, yeah, they look like they're supposed to be like, you know, again, like vehicle size. And then other times, though, when you're looking at the people that are, you know, supposed to be looking at these giant rabbits, they're looking down at them. Um, yeah. You know, or they're, they're firing their weapons in a downward, you know, angle, which if the fucking rabbit's car size, you're firing straight or up. Um, so I think that, you know, they're, they're large. Maybe they're the size of like, you know, maybe roughly like a, a small cow is kind of how I was kind of like, like keeping them. So I don't, I don't think that, you know, too, I don't think too many of them got in there to where they'd fall through the floor. Plus, remember, houses were constructed better back then. That's true. Especially mm. in this town. You know, Delano. This is where we had our Night of the Living Dead scene, yeah. man. That's that's what we had there. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great thing yeah. to bring up. But Night of the but Living when Dead. We, but when we get into the point where we have uh model builders and miniature specialists getting involved, it's like they also had a huge problem on deciding on a scale. You know, and we were 
as I was looking at some stats, you know, it, it seems spot on with what was going on because, like you said, uh, like they're running down the street and they're like a little bit smaller than the car. Other times they're like, in, you know, we see in a kitchen and, you know, their foot is the size of a Campbell's soup can because that's what they were able to find at the doll shop at the moment, you know, mm-hmm. and they just were not able to consistently keep a proportion on these rabbits throughout the movie. Oh, well, there was the one point where they're in the garage and Mm -hmm. they've got regular-sized tomatoes. You know, they put, like, (laughs) regular tomatoes in front of them. And you can see that the rabbits are not all that much bigger than the fucking tomatoes that are in front of them. So Mm scale-wise, it's like, you know, you're trying to see them run out this door. They're supposed to be so big that they look like they're gigantic coming out the door. But then it's like, wait a minute, though. Mm -hmm. The tomatoes are the same size as they would normally be next to a rabbit. Mm -hmm. So how big are those fucking tomatoes? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I also took it as, you know... These are supposed to be cherry tomatoes, and then, you know, at that same scene, but no, because during that same scene, uh, they're also gnawing on a whole bunch of heads of Brussels sprout, I noticed. So, you know, it's like, I guess those are supposed to be heads of lettuce or something, but at the same time, they just didn't keep the proportion in check throughout the movie. You know, and, and, you know, for those of us anal motherfuckers that, you know, watch giant monster shit like Godzilla, you know, (laughs) they come on. (laughs) Yeah, I know. They they weren't thinking Godzilla. They were thinking, what's the I like lettuce, man. They're pretty funky. (laughs) (laughs) But they destroy the town of Galanos. They mutilate a bunch of bodies, and they're on their way to Ajo, which is the next town. And they're like, ah, we're going to fucking Ajo. You're in Ajo? Is it Aho? Ajo? I was like, yeah, it's Aho. Whatever. I'm like, Aho. I live in Aho. Aho! 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 Motherfucker. Let's calm down. We need you, Stallone. All right, I'll kill these fucking rabbits. Aho, rabbits, come over here. I'm boxing. That would have been a great ending. I didn't hear no bell, Bonnie. And then you see one of those full full body suit bunnies come up with some gloves. <laughs> yeah, pat them together. Walk over to outside. <laughs> yep. I could take you. I could take you, rabbit. I could take you down. <laughs> I'd be Clever Wang. I could do you too. Rocky <laughs> Six. Only in the Southwest. Only in the Southwest America. <laughs> that, that being said, as much as as much as we crack on it, it's like I do want to sit there and like give the film props for actually creating sets for the rabbits to run through, and you know trying to keep it to scale of you know our stampede going through towns. And I just was actually impressed that they actually went through the trouble of even making, you know, our little model railroad towns <laughs> for them to stampede mm, through. That's Dude, true. They should have um, just used CGI, man. Seventy-two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, we've seen that. Computer generated effect in 72. Um, you know, th- but this movie needs the- a reboot. <laughs> no, please, God, no. Please, nobody <laughs> listen to this episode no. and think I want to reboot it. If it's done, <laughs> if it's done, put it in Creepshow. Put it in fucking, you know, Twilight Zone. Jordan Peele, there you go, man. Put it in a new episode of Twilight Zone, okay? And nobody no, will watch I, it on CBS Access. 
I think I disagree with that because I'm pretty sure that uh, Jordan Peele is trying to go like in the kind of high concept uh, Black Mirror-ish direction, which I don't think that that's the right place for this. Uh, no, I think the other like, problem would be is that it, I think that a movie like this, you would have to then put in a black cast, and we know that that won't work because, you know, rabbits are, are afraid of black people. Black rabbits. There you go. Done. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they exist. You know, he could do it. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just I hope nobody's listening saying, we could remake that movie. No, Screen Gems. Don't listen to that suggestion. <laughs> Screen Gem Power Lab. Don't listen to that. <laughs> Just go right over it. Um, but but yeah, if you do, um, remember you heard it. You heard it here first, and you owe us some money. All right. Yeah, I know. Because they're going to blame us. <laughs> That's what's going to happen. They told us that we could do it. No, we didn't say you could do it. We didn't suggest it at all. <laughs> um, but uh, Doc, the one thing I wanted to ask you is that you have the the cops going to the drive-in. And they're organizing the whole trap for the rabbits. This is oh. the quietest fucking drive-in that I've ever seen in a movie. Where everybody's just like, hey, hey, we're watching a movie. Oh, the cops are. He's like, hey, guys, so we got to kill a rabbit. coming. If you could just follow us um, to make this trap, it'd be super cool, guys. So just go in an organized line. Nobody's honking their horns. Nobody's going, what? Like, no, no, they're like, yeah, that's cool. We'll do it. You know, the ghouls in the backseat finger banging two chicks at the same time. You know, he's not like, know, yeah. I'm not going anywhere. No, nah, you know what, man? They were rocking the Tom and Jerry cartoons, dude. I would have been watching. Tom and Jerry's like my favorite cartoon. It's my favorite cartoon of all time. Yeah. Such a fucking classic, Tom and Jerry. So what do you think about that, Doc? The, the organization of the drive-in. I thought it was just way too organized. I mean, I guess so. I didn't really put much thought into it. Mm-hmm. Just the fact that they didn't even say anything. They're just like, yep, okay, put on our headlights and we'll just yeah. go out here yeah. and make yeah. a circle. And yeah, no, I'm going to wait here. Well, well, I'm with the king on this one. It's like, oh, wait, you said killer rabbits? Oh, yeah, of course I'll follow you. Not one single car went the other way going, you know what? <laughs> no. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a pass on this one. I'm not up for giant killer rabbits. <laughs> Nobody's drinking in AO. Nobody's going, what? Fuck you, well, man. Fuck I mean, like here, here's the thing that I was thinking about with that, because some of the cars, if you looked at them, they had children in them. So, I mean, I would think <laughs> yeah. as a yeah. parent, you're going to kind of say to yourself, did you just say killer rabbits? Um, <laughs> I mean, one, it's, yep. it's pretty absurd when you think about it, but regardless... Killer rabbits. Um, I have child. I think I'm going to take my child and err on the side of caution. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to go home. Yeah, I think we're good. We watched the Tom and Jerry cartoon. We have a popcorn. We're going to go home. Maybe they thought yeah, it was part yeah. of some weird, like, social experiment or something, you know? Like, <laughs> hey, maybe the government's just trying to fuck with us or something. They're going to give us some acid when we're done, man. Killer rabbits. Ha ha, no fucking way, yeah. man. <laughs> Everyone's like, no, no, no. All the rednecks are like, no, we got to go see this shit. (laughs) And I love what the monkey said, too, is that you have, like, the doc, uh, like, there's kids in those cars. And what the monkey had said was, like, yeah, there's kids in those cars. And when the rabbits start running towards the the railroad track and they start getting electrocuted, the kids are watching this. (laughs) The fuck? There's rabbits dying. Like, they didn't do anything. You know what? Too bad it was MGM. (laughs) 
because it really would have been great had it been Warner Brothers and they had Bugs Bunny cartoons going on in the background. Oh, like, that really would have worked very well. That would have been awesome. <laughs> but, yeah. But as, as we're starting the corral, all right, we we have um, – Golden because because we can't actually get the army here. We do have the national, we do have the national guard, you know, <laughs> and they're there, um, they're corralling the rabbits, and you know the national guard well, is lighting them up with their machine guns. Too. They they guard the national, rabbits. you know, the the heroes yeah. from, from rabbits. I, yeah, I'm just saying, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you're saying, well, because you know, we don't have the army. Yeah. Well, it's because the army is, you know, helping, like, international stuff, man. Not fucking, you know, <laughs> rabbit problems. <laughs> Giant the killer, killer rabbit problems. That's what man. They're first responders. <laughs> they were there rolling out. You know, don't and fucking knock the business. National Guard, bro. They had the fucking weaponry. I, they had the fucking, you know, they had the oomph. They had the charisma. They were ready to do this shit. <laughs> but I, but I like oomph. as how we're, yeah, I like how as we're going through all this, they actually sit there and try and give us a this like big ass scientific explanation of why we have to get the trains off the track, you know, j- just <laughs> yeah. in time before the rabbits get there. Is they because it won't work if there's a train there, and I'm like. Isn't a train just a big giant train, wall train, made, train. made out of metal anyway? Yeah, if you if you and I don't think if you charge yeah really? if you charge the if you charge the tracks and you have a big ass train made out of nothing but metal as soon as the rabbits run into that motherfucker it's gonna do the same fucking thing. But no, we got to do all this extra shit to get the train off the tracks. And they didn't play metal music at all during this entire sequence. I was kind of surprised <laughs> as they're getting off the Need some Ozzy Osbourne crazy train. Bunch of kids crying as they see a bunch of rabbits dying. Yeah, but it's like yeah. no, and no, because we do have the one scene where you have the one daughter that's like uh, upset. She's like in the front seat because again there were no seatbelts back then, you know. And nope. she's um, you know, jumping over to daddy who's of course in the driver's seat, you know. She's like, no, no. It's like I half expected like to see redneck dad be like, no, you can't look away. You gotta see this. <laughs> you gotta look. You gotta learn. This is what happens. <laughs> Rabbits get shot in this town. We're the a-ho now. <laughs> That's how we do an a-ho. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch. She's just holding her head. <laughs> you know. Don't look no away. <laughs> because I'll kill you and your family. <laughs> But while, thought, but while it's all going on, we have the rabbits running over to the tracks, and we have the bad overlayering of film with the electricity with the rabbits, and you can actually see the wires over the film where they're sparking oh, yeah. the wires. <laughs> Again, they were just doing coke the entire time. Just had no time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll, just, we'll, we'll do it in post. We'll do it in post. No, they forgot. <laughs> no. I, I'm... I'm sorry, Ghoul, were you going to say something? 
Oh no, you know, they were just thinking of a humane way to fucking kill these things. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Listen, let's you have food for fucking days, years, months. Like nobody thought about that. Nobody was like, "Hey, listen, we killed all these gigantic rabbits. Everybody's gonna get some jerky. Everybody's gonna get some bunny burgers. Come on, man. You know, everybody's everybody's freezer is full. You're exporting rabbit meat now, like a motherfucker. And then the pelts. I talked about with this with King about this last night. You're like these giant fucking pelts now. You know, (laughs) because it's the seventies. Fur was in fashion. <laughs> Everybody's got fucking... a fur coat made out of rabbit pelt. <laughs> they missed their point. So it's, <laughs> what? It's Arizona. It's Arizona. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, I guess some parts of Arizona get cold at night. I mean, it's the desert and, and whatnot. And, but and, and in the in the winter cold. it gets cold, man. <laughs> Does but it? they're gonna want to look fancy. They're gonna want to have fancy coats when they go out to drive in. They're gonna want to look good. So they look at all the Remember the giant rabbit invasion in 72? I do. Look at my coat. (laughs) My bitch better have my money. (laughs) Come rain, come sleet, come snow. Sonny better have my money. (laughs) 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 Missed opportunity for all that that, hair. Then they're like, oh, we're just going to end it with uh, Cole saying, hey. I guess I'll see you sometime. And he's like, yeah, maybe you will. <laughs> well, okay. We got to close off the movie somehow. And we're going to show no. up bodies. But My he's like, hey. Part no. Go ahead, Gould. Is earlier in the film where when he was running down the roadway and he tries to hitch a ride with that family. And he throws his gun away. And, and he throws the gun away. Like, you know <laughs> that there's these fucking giant killer rabbits out there. <laughs> yep. Why would you... Like, you know, the town isn't that far either because he fucking walks there within, like, you know, reasonable amount of time. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah. still, like, why would he's you like, throw what? away the only fucking weapon you got? He's, well, he is trying to flag down a car while waving a gun. And the, even the devil, <laughs> like, I'm not picking up anyone. You don't have to wave with waving a fucking air. gun. <laughs> you trust me. I'm Father Vincent. I got, you know, critters. <laughs> but on the flip side, it's fucking Texas. Everyone's got fucking guns, you know. Was this in Texas? So it's Arizona. Yeah, oh, Arizona. Arizona. Sorry. Sorry. My mistake. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, Arizona's got guns, too. <laughs> They're not excluded. <laughs> but, yeah. Just that shot at the end of them running in the field. And it's like, hey, everything's great. Wee! Yeah. You see yeah. the rabbit. Like, uh, dun, dun, dun. Question mark. <laughs> that, that final scene as the two kids were running, it totally made me like I just started singing in my head. Come with me and we'll see the fucking end song from Beyond the Valley of the Dolls, man. Yes, yep. That's what it felt like. Except they have to have a freeze frame on the rabbits in the field. Like, nope. Question mark. The end. <laughs> and a joke. And a joke for last. It should have been fucking like that would have been great if they had to, <laughs> yeah. went to take that shot. They just didn't have the money to like not keep it, and it was just the two fucking rabbits banging like crazy as the kids ran. Like, <laughs> was that what they were trying to show up us? The like, that the kids were going, that the kids were going to fuck. You know, like why show us <laughs> yeah. the two rabbits like laying side by side right after those two fucking children go by? You know, the boy's <laughs> already proven to be abusive by fucking throwing a rabbit away. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the rabbit's just banging on the rabbit, giving a thumbs up to the camera. Hell yeah. <laughs> Dirty, kick it. <laughs> you know. And we're closing out. You, you just watched porn. There's a niche rabbit porn out there somewhere, and you just found it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, bunny yeah. Bananas. Like bunny <laughs> right. movies, we've got them. <laughs> this bunny just came over to fix your sink. <laughs> mm. I didn't order a pizza. <laughs> Bounce to my <laughs> Mama Bunny's hand got caught in the drain trying to get her ring again. Well, stepson better come and give her a hand or a dick. Well, my stepson Bunny doesn't know how to fuck. I better teach him and his girlfriend real quick. I'm learning so much. It's perfectly natural geographic to be touching yourself like that. <laughs> so if you keep doing that, it, you keep touching yourself like that. It's gonna fall off. <laughs> you, you ought to do Most something else with son, it. Did you take your daddy's <laughs> carrot Viagra again? <laughs> okay, fine. Let's let's get it done the way I do with your daddy. Just don't Ooh, tell me, bunny. <laughs> you don't don't do be taking the carrot juice. Let's just say, don't tell any bunny, really. <laughs> I've been sitting on that joke all day. You fucking honey bastard. <laughs> yeah. All right, so that was Night of the Lepus. Yes, it was. Lepus alone. What do you have for us? Uh, yes, so going back to uh, February, I have the date here somewhere, February 7th, 2018. Um, mm. The date on our show where I graced you all with the viewing pleasure of watching Killer Condom, and mm. uh, that was the, that was the final movie in like a run of really absurd picks that I had had. And as I went back and looked at all of my picks since then, I see that like I have tried to Shutter. choose. Shutter. I have tried. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have Doc. tried to choose my picks. Terror brought to you by Shutter. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. with my Shutter. eye on with my eye on quality and I feel that we can argue whether they were good movies or not, but I did try to pick true movies as opposed to silly stocks such as killer condom. But I feel that it's time to take a step backwards and we're going to travel to the far East uh, where I will grace you with 2012's dead sushi. And Uh, I have just shared a place to watch this movie in full with English subtitles on our Facebook message group. So next week we will be watching 2012's Dead Sushi. I've seen. I'm sorry. Did you did you literally just say Dead Sushi? I did. Okay. Uh, Well, hey, let's get wacky. (laughs) For another one of the dog sticks. All right. Dead Sushi is next week. Uh, wow. I, I never thought I'd have to watch that movie again. Apparently I will have to. For the show, I will do it, and I will have a good time. Uh, I, I just want to say, King, that our step back in uh, civilized horror has all started with your pick. You know, and that 
<laughs> we we all kind of like just follow suit with really bad stuff afterwards. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, hey, listen. Anyway, oh, uh, so thank you so much, Doc, for joining us, and we'll see you back here next week for your pick of dead sushi. I'm very excited. All right. As, monkey, he, as we can all tell. All right, I'm your mad monkey. Thank you for listening, guys, and letting me come in your ear. Heck yeah. All right. Ghoul, you got this. Wabbit season. All right, well, I've got about 60 <laughs> seconds here, so what I'm going to say is is make sure you go to Bonfire Bee Designs at Etsy. Uh, just put it all in one word, Bonfire Bee Designs. She's got all kinds of jewelry coming up. you got Mother's Day around the corner, people, so get out there and buy mom something nice. She made you. She did. <laughs> you are her one. You are a big one. All right. So until next we meet with the Doc's pick of Dead Sushi, keep America strong, watch horror movies. Ghoul, take us out. Stay scared. Stay scared of rabbits. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.